0: The Bible says, What? What does the Bible say? What? say? what? Say what? What does the Bible say? The Bible says, What? Here we are again on The Bible
1: Says What. what? It's been a little while. Hey, uh, hey. I, hey, I did. Hey, <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to We're Back. Hey, we're back. Yeah,
0: we're like intro noobs now. We got to get back in the flow of talking together. Um, That's right.
1: It's been so, so long. We forgot how to do it.
0: Yeah, I, I, so, well, introductions first, since it's been a little while. Um, my name is Pastor John Gibson, and I hail from Centerville, Ohio, to church uh, called Living Hope. I'm one half of the duo, and here's my esteemed brother.
1: I am Paul DeZay, pastor of Sandy Hook United Methodist Church in Columbus, Indiana. It's good to be back, John.
0: Yes, and we make up the duo that makes up the Bible says what uh, we right. talk about all kinds of topics, things that make you go hmm, that make you scratch your head when it comes to reading the Bible, and we've we've uh, come. I know we've had like two seasons of episodes now. Hopefully, you if you're joining us, um, you're a long-time listener. Can we say long-time? we How how, many, how long do you have to be a podcast before you can say long-time listener? Yeah,
1: three. You have to listen to <laughs> three, three episodes, Three episodes, okay. and you're so a long-time if listener. If you
0: have li- listened to three episodes, thank you for being back, long-time listener, uh, and you have journeyed with us up until this point. Uh, if you are new, we would love for you uh, to be a long-time listener. Uh, and some of the ways you can do that is by checking us out on Facebook and the Bible Says What. Uh, you can also click that little subscribe button. Maybe you, you've been, uh, you found your way here listening through word of mouth. Somebody's told you about it. Wherever your podcast app is, you can click follow, you can click like, you can click subscribe. We would also love for you to share uh, and to spread the word, uh, the great myth, the legend of the Bible Says What <laughs> as we, we navigate everyday uh, problems and tough challenges that come with reading the scripture. Um, and yeah, we're going to launch into some new stuff, aren't we, Pastor Paul?
1: Yeah, and, and and before we get into the new stuff, if you have any questions about the Bible, please send them our way. We're both on all the social media platforms. Uh, so yeah, send us your questions so we can work in the answers, or at least the conversation about the question, because uh, we don't have all the answers, of course. We'll work that in soon. I mean, John yep. does. I don't. So there you go. <laughs> I do not have the answers for it. All right. We're new stuff.
0: Yeah. New stuff. Oh, by the way, we, we will put our emails in the show notes today for anybody who would like to, to be able to uh, contact us about your questions of the Bible. But here we go. We're going to launch into some new uh, topics uh, for this, whatever you want to call it, new sessions of uh, episodes of podcasts. And uh, it... Well, this idea came from a little story that happened to me several years ago. I went back when I was an associate pastor here at Living Hope Church. Our our lead pastor at the time was uh, Pastor Chad Current, and we had taken a trip together uh, to Atlanta, Georgia, and it was the first time that I had. Uh, flown to Atlanta, never had never been there, so never been to the airport. And so we we flew in, we landed, and we rented a car because we were going to a conference at the time. Actually, it's one of Andy Stanley's conferences down there in Atlanta. And we rented a car, and it, this was back in the day when you didn't have like GPS. I'm showing Pastor Paul my cell phone now. Uh, you guys can't see that uh, podcast, but you didn't have GPSs on your phone, but you had these other. What were they called? Uh, Garmin's, right? I think that was like. I think that's what. That was came one with, of them. Yeah. 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 It, it came, came with the, the rental, rental car, yeah. Yeah, and Chad thought it would be a good idea for us since we were both directionally challenged at the time, or he was more than I was. But anyway, we, he rented the, the Net Garmin for the deal, and it would talk to you in this voice and tell you where to go. Well, if you've ever been to Atlanta Airport, it's it's kind of an interesting situation. So you pull out, and it's like one big loop, and there's one on-ramp and one off-ramp, but they they come like out of nowhere. So we, we head out of the rental car thing, and... And the Garmin was telling us, you know, make a left and uh, and go that way. But the problem with these Garmins at first, and I love now, like my Apple will tell me, in 250 feet, prepare to make a right turn, right? Or after three stoplights, per- the, like the technology has learned that probably mostly men need a little bit of advanced warning when turns are coming. Well, these old Garmins didn't do that. They like told you in... feet turn right, you know, like, and that's exactly what happened. We turned out of the airport and we missed the exit to get off this loop because we heard her too late, right? And two feet turn right. Oh, we missed it. And then she said those fateful words, recalculating. (laughs) And on the map, it we had to, and the way the airport worked, we had to loop around. So we we went all the way around the airport again. Now you would think that after missing the, the turn once, in this loop, that we wouldn't miss it again. But boy, it was confusing, and we missed it again. And I think three or four times we wow. went around Atlanta Airport. I was actually, by the fourth time, Chad was getting upset at the Garmin, and I was looking out for like airport police thinking, somebody's going to arrest this white van that keeps circling Atlanta Airport. <laughs> <laughs> but around we go, and those fateful words, recalculating, recalculating. We, we just could not find our way. And I think it stemmed from our inability to use the tool correctly, right? We didn't understand how to use the Garmin. We were just lost. And when I think of that story, I think about how oftentimes when I read the scriptures, and I wonder if you as a listener have ever felt this way, or you, Pastor Paul, I read the Bible and I find myself getting lost, you know? Almost like every, every which way I go, I hear those fateful words in my head recalculating because I just... Have moments where I realize I don't know how to use this tool, right? Because the Bible has been given to us as a roadmap for life to show us the way to Jesus, to show us the way to flourishing and the best life. But if we don't know how to use the tool, a lot of times we can get turned all around. And maybe that'd be something we could talk about a little bit, but boy, uh, there's been a lot of getting turned around in the Christian world over how to read the Bible, what the Bible says. It's its the whole reason we have our podcast, uh, right. The Bible Absolutely. Says What, right? Because of all the confusion. Um, it, maybe we should talk a little bit about that. Have you ever had moments where you've encountered people who have just gone astray uh, wh- because they don't know how to use the tool of the Bible? <laughs>
1: I mean, for sure, uh, you know we we have some really bad metaphors, right? That we use when it comes to the Bible. At least these are ones that I heard when I first became a Christian. You know, basic instructions before leaving Earth, right? B I B L E. You know, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, so 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 I you know that. the 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 goal then of reading the Bible is to to read it so you can get to heaven, right? Um, Uh, what are some other ones? The, the, the sword, right? The Bible is your sword without any context or teaching. It's very easy to use it as a weapon, right? The Bible is, we talked about map. The Bible is a, a handbook, right? Or an instruction manual like you have in the glove compartment of your car for your car, how to change a tire. So you go to it only when you need to change your tire, only when you need help. I mean, all of these metaphors are what's given to us. Uh, oftentimes when we when we learn the Bible for the first time, when we start reading the Bible, and the metaphors kind of fall short, yeah. right? Every metaphor falls short of what the beautiful book is that we call the Bible. And that leads us into a lot of, you know, it's a science book. It's a history book. It, it leads us into all sorts of uh, uh, dangerous places.
0: We even deify the Bible. I mean, that's oh, yeah. something we've seen over over the centuries and it, it, Especially in modern times, we the Bible is holy, the Holy Bible, right? And we make its its perfection and it's uh, without error, and and it is the the word in us. And we forget that the words on the page, you know, the the books that make up the sixty six books that make up the Scripture, you know, they're not they're not God. <laughs> they point us to God. Absolutely it's so interesting what we make the Bible. Yeah, and I, what I, happens I, when we mess it up? I mean, sure. Oh my gosh, you talked about it being a weapon how destructive the Bible can be truly
1: yeah I agree the Bible is the fourth member of the Trinity right you know, <laughs> and that's the way it's often treated you know uh, and 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 while the Bible is inspired and the Bible is uh helpful and useful and and all of those things that Paul says to Timothy um, uh, the Bible is not God so yeah I'm right there with you
0: and we, So we've talked al- about a lot of different topics. You know, we started our podcast by just picking out scriptures that were difficult and challenging. And, and we'll we'll absolutely go back to uh, some of those topics uh, here in the future where we're just picking scriptures and kind of diving and digging through them. Uh, we went through the, the Lord's Prayer. We just took a, a section of scripture and kind of journeyed through it. But but we have been thinking about how important it is to, to take a step back before we dive into any more of these uh, problematic troublesome scriptures that are really hard to understand and really look at our ability to be able to navigate the hard things of scripture and really to develop skills to understand how to use the tool that is the Bible correctly and to be able to interpret correctly, discern the truth of the word correctly. And uh, all throughout scripture, Jesus kind of references the reality of how troublesome this can be and how much of a mystery even the Bible is. You know, sometimes we just we, we encounter the scriptures so frankly that we forget the the great mysteries of God. In Luke 8, Jesus says to you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest, it is in parables. This is right when Jesus kind of switched from teaching the truth plainly to teaching in parables. And, you know, from the beginning of time, uh, you know, with the Israelites as well, they've struggled with, what does the Bible say? How do we read it? How do we understand it correctly? And it's not an easy thing. Um, But there are some real practical things that we can learn to be able to help us kind of navigate the way. And that's what we want to talk about in this next series of episodes is that the how do we read the Bible, some real practical tools for you as a listener to be able to put into practice when you're opening up the Holy Word of God and to be able to decipher and discern how to find your way through it. So, uh, we just wanted to do this introduction episode, or episode uh, podcast episode, about what we want to talk about for the next few weeks. And, Paul, why don't you kind of just lay out for us a little bit of a, a splashdown of some of the things we're going to discuss in upcoming episodes here about how to read the Bible?
1: Yeah. Um, one of the questions that we both get, and I know I get as a pastor often, is how do I know uh, how to read the Bible? Uh, how, how do I know if a passage is literal or metaphor? And I always give, uh, the answer is you have to understand the genre in which the Bible was written or that passage was written. And so one of the things that we want to do over the next few weeks is talk about things like, uh, biblical genres, uh, literary styles. Uh, Things that um, maybe you don't see when you just open the scriptures and start reading, but they're the things that are behind the text that are very important to understand. And they're available, the answers are available uh, to us actually within our Bible, uh, but we need to really, like John said, understand how to use the tool so we're able to understand uh, the meaning of the text. So one of the things we're going to talk about is genres and, uh, do you want me to go ahead and give an overview of the genres? Yeah. Why don't
0: we just kind of hit a little bit of that? Talk to our folks about what we mean by biblical genres.
1: Yeah. Uh, so John, uh, what is your favorite, uh, album of all time? Favorite album,
0: man, my favorite album of all time. Gosh, I'm not a huge music nerd. Um, but I'm a big Queen fan. I, I would say, and I forget. Um, see, I don't even know like the title. See, you've greatest hits podcast. work, right? Yeah, yeah greatest, the greatest hits of Queen. Like I love Queen. Um, I love classic rock, you know. But I, I I couldn't tell you like, oh the, you know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Pink Floyd, uh, Volume Three, <laughs> kind of thing. I'm not a big music nerdy, but I do love classic rock for sure. <laughs>
1: So yeah, uh, just
0: exposed me. I'm exposed, and you're and you're fraud. like, you used to be a worship leader, right? <laughs> so know, music yeah. is kind of your <laughs> deal. Well, yeah, maybe I was a bad worship leader since Queen
1: uh, was my, <laughs> my uh, favorite. I'm now. all right. <laughs> with right that. Obviously, you're not going to read the lyrics literally, uh, because in those lyrics, there's a lot of playful metaphor, right? So uh, that's the same way it is with, uh, you know, poetry and everything else. We read a particular uh, piece of literature the way that it was written and the way that it was intended to be read. And so, when you look at the Bible, and of course, there's song lyrics uh, in the book called the Psalms, right? You know, there's songs and prayers. And so, when you read those, those are, are written often with metaphors. Uh, they're written in ways to communicate a meaning, but not necessarily meant to be taken literally, And so, that's just an example of one type of genre that really shows us how all genres need to be read in a particular way that's appropriate for that particular genre. I think the main genre in uh, the whole Bible is narrative, uh, which is really just story. And I'd say 50% of the Bible is story. Wouldn't you think, John? Just story after story after story. And some of those stories are historic, and some of those stories are parable type of stories that have deep meaning. Uh, some are absolutely factual and true. And some of them are uh, there just for us to pull out uh, the nuggets of, of meaning. Uh, and so, go ahead.
0: It's, and it's interesting when you when you talk about narrative, and we'll we'll unpack these each individually in episodes. But the the narrative genre gives us an interesting look as well in what you kind of mentioned the the story behind the text because not only are they stories, but they're stories written by ancient peoples who saw the world through certain cultural eyes, with certain experiences, with certain understandings of how the world worked, how God related to them how the world was uh, brought to being all of those things uh, inform the person who's writing the story. So it's, it's, it's very complex when we begin to understand uh, these genres and what goes on behind them and how they inform our ability to read and understand them. And uh, I think that's a really important part of what we're going to be doing for the the next few episodes is really unpacking how to, how do we understand, learn, grow, uh, and kind of have a, a holistic understanding and view of why these genres matter to the way that I
1: read the scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, great points because you're absolutely right. You know, these particular, uh, and I wouldn't even say books because they are passages within books because some books have multiple genres in them. Right. Uh, you even look at Genesis, for example, Genesis has multiple, uh, genres in it. Uh, a good wait, chunk-
0: Genesis is a,
1: a history book though, right? I mean, there was somebody there
0: Transcribe.
1: (laughs) See, and this (laughs) is what gets us into trouble. Yeah, it is. It is. We think Genesis is a history book, but you take a look at the sections of Genesis and you take a look specifically at Genesis chapter one, right? Uh, You have something like a narrative or a poem, right? I mean, people are going to disagree on what that is. I think it's a poem, just because of the way the sections are repeated. I, I think there's a some sort of poetry, lyrical content there. And then you move into uh, a narrative of uh, God, crea- a second creation story, and then the story of Adam and Eve. It's a narrative, right? And then you have different things uh, that seem like history that begin to develop, especially around Abraham to the rest of the book. So, it's a mixture of different types of... Um, of genre even within one book. And it's a tribute to a tribute to a guy named Moses who wasn't around when any of it was written. So
0: Right, and that's what I was going to say. It's even fascinating when the book of Genesis was written. It wasn't some dude sitting there ex nihilo when everything's floating around when God just starts to throw light and words around. I mean, this was written during exile for a, a people who all around them was an origin story of the world and they needed their own origin story. They needed to see uh, uh Yahweh, this one God who related to them and have a story of their own to give them context about how God created. So God spoke that into them. But it wasn't, you know, even that, the story behind the text helps us understand a book like Genesis, which we'll talk about in length. But the reality of even when Genesis was written and, and how that in- informed how we understand it. Wait a
1: second. It was written during exile? Wasn't it written during exile? Didn't it was. I need it it was. It yeah. was. But I was just <laughs> challenging. Is like, my goodness, you're <laughs> well, challenging my content.
0: I'm like, oh crap! Now I gotta, I gotta re-edit this thing.
1: <laughs> no, you are well, absolutely I a, la- my
0: colleague and pastor question you because he makes you question yourself. <laughs> Proof, no, but, but I don't uh, have all the answers. That's it's my lack of confidence.
1: The the fact that Genesis was written and edited during exile. Uh, the, during the Babylonian exile. Thank you. Bab- uh, is, I knew it
0: was Babylon. But, it's yeah.
1: shocking. It's absolutely shocking because that's yep. not the way that we've been given this book. We've been given this book that Moses, like you said, was there and wrote yep. all this down. Well, Moses wasn't there because it's much, much later, Moses was alive, right? So uh, we have to look at it for what it is, right? And and it's beautiful the way that it is uh, once we understand the genre. Another genre is the law, right? Uh, the law codes, the way the law is written, and that's found in Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. All those books that we run from. <laughs> At yeah, least
0: me. But the, this section of the scriptures where I sure. try not to read too much. Because and well, there's better. different
1: type of laws, there's moral laws, there's ceremonial law, there's civil law, and they're all mixed up and together. And, and unfortunately, we read it, and because we didn't live then, and we don't understand the genre of ancient laws and covenants, it seems really foreign to us and we don't get a whole lot out of it. Um, If you take a look at the Ten Commandments as uh, the kind of the basis for the way that Israel is to live um, and given then to Moses and Israel, uh, and then all of these other codes that are kind of inspired by the world that they lived in, you know, sacrificial codes, uh, you know, and all these things. It's, it's its an interesting, it's a genre in itself. And you have to kind of understand a little bit of the genre to make sense of it, to get meaning out of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then we talked a little bit about poetry. I, I think it's important that we uh, recognize that there's quite a bit of poetry in the Bible. Um, Song of Solomon, Lamentations, Psalms, Proverbs, uh, and even in the book of Psalms, there's different kinds of psalms. There's laments and hymns of thanksgiving and wisdom psalms and royal psalms and historical psalms and prophetical psalms. There is a lot of different type of poetry even within the scriptures. So, and that's there. And then the the wisdom literature like Job which we've kind of just ran a few weeks in the lectionary in the book of Job, and that's an interesting book. A lot of people don't know this, but Job was quite possibly uh, a play, like a a story being dramatized uh, to teach a particular lesson um, to the people of Israel. So, that's enough, part of enough. wisdom literature, right? Can you imagine this big production, this big play telling the story of Job? And it does have a lot of meaning if you look at it from that perspective, right? Uh, and then there's prophecy, man. The prophetic books, which is like the the back third of the Old Testament, right? Yep. You got Ezekiel and you got uh, uh, Jeremiah and Isaiah and Daniel. And then you have a lot of those really tiny books like Micah and Obadiah and Jonah that are all thrown in there, the minor prophets. And that's a particular way of reading scripture, different genre. The the prophecy tends to have warnings and challenges um, that are given out by the prophets and they have very metaphorical language. Um, just like you read poetry, you have to kind of be careful not to take it literally. You definitely don't want to take the prophetic books literally, um, because they're, they're there's omens and different things and it's very easy to, um, get sidetracked by taking this. Yeah. Those.
0: And they span time and we're going to talk about that specifically. You know, how
1: a lot of times we make the mistake of prophecy
0: and, and humans have for all time thought that prophecy spoke to their current reality, right? And that, the, whatever specific, the book of Revelation is a great example of this. It, every human throughout time thought this was speaking to my time and my reality. The early first century believers believed that Jesus was going to return before they died. And this was a, the prophecy spoke of their current time, but pro, but prophecy spans all time. And and the power of it as well is that it, it has the ability to speak into all times and the way that God and as mystery does, we have to understand how that works and not just say, well, in 2032 on Monday at 3:30, <laughs> this prophecy speaks about that morning when the, the moon will be red, you know? Uh, and again, it speaks to just the complexity of why understanding genre is so important because uh, when we just wade into the scriptures without kind of a base understanding and knowledge, we ha- we are so easily led to places that um, are unhealthy and can be unhealthy for other people too, which is why we I think we're so passionate about navigating these next few episodes and kind of spending some time journeying through the how-tos of reading the Bible. It's going to be good stuff. So prophecy. What else we got? So we got poetry. We got narrative. We got prophecy. We have law. Law and wi- wisdom literature, which is kind of prophecy yeah. and law together. Yeah. What else?
1: Well, uh, apocalyptic uh, literature, which is an offshoot sort of prophecy, right? Yeah. And I love, I love apocalyptic. It's one of my kind of projects, study projects. I like apocalyptic I, I, movies. I, yeah, yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> uh, but apocalyptic, uh, it's a particular genre. It's uh, the Book of Daniel, the Book of Revelation. And a lot of other types, uh, a lot of other books that were written in the time period around Jesus and before Jesus uh, and after Jesus. And so, there is uh, uh, an understanding of what that means. Full of symbols, um, it's not about necessarily about predictions of the future, it's much more about uh, warnings, uh, much more about uh, encouragement for perseverance through trial and tribulation. Um, and so apocalyptic literature is uh, one of the most important uh, genres to kind of step back from study a little bit about that type particular genre before you get in and do a deep dive in the book of revelation if you don't understand the genre of it um, you know you'll think it's all about you know the the, the future uh, destruction of the world right the end of the world as we know it that's a song too. You asked I know, me about songs. I know. I know. There you go. You <laughs> could have said R-E-M. Yeah, you could have said i I'm
0: not a music nerd, but I, I know that one. It's the end of the world.
1: And there's apocalyptic literature in Matthew and um, mm. Second Thessalonians. Jesus spoke in Matthew 24, right? Apocalyptically, giving warnings and uh, getting challenges. Not about predicting the future, but saying, hey, this is where this all headed. You know, if if something doesn't change, this is where it's all headed. And I think that's important for us to understand. Um, uh, let's see what else. We have uh, the letters, the epistles that we have. We have genre of letters in the Bible. Uh, Paul wrote a whole bunch of letters. Peter did too. Uh, and others did. Uh, James and John and Jude and the author of Hebrews, whoever he or she was, right? right, And uh, they're letters. And so, we get the privilege of reading somebody else's mail. So, think about that. We're peeking in and reading somebody else's mail. It was written from somebody, written to somebody, and we're eavesdropping into a conversation that we know nothing about. And so, that's an important genre. I mean, most of the New Testament is letter. Um, Uh, Paul's letters, but I think it's important for us to understand that we're reading somebody else's mail, so we have to be very careful uh, on what we're reading. And then the Gospels, which some people call a separate genre, uh, I I did kind of wrap it up kind of in narrative, uh, historical, biographical narrative. But keep in mind, even the Gospels, they're not biographers in the sense of somebody actually there Recording it down when it happened. Uh, These stories were written down much later. Uh, They were written down uh, for a purpose. They are written to a group of people from somebody, and so they they have an agenda. Uh, And so it's important, even when we're reading the gospel, that we understand who wrote it, uh, who are they writing it to, and uh, what was their intent uh, when writing the gospel. So you look at the four gospels; they are all different right? Uh, Some of them are closer than others, but they're all written differently because they're writing them to a particular group of people wanting them to learn about Jesus. So, facts, the way that we study uh, here in America in 2021, it's all about information. It's all about learning the facts. The Bible wasn't written the way that you and I study, Uh, in America. The Bible was written differently. And so, for us as readers, we're not looking for factual information. We're reading it with its intent of the author. And so, once you understand the genre, once you understand the intent of the author, then we can truly kind of dive into the story that um, points to Jesus. So, anyway, I'm super Bible nerd. I love this kind of stuff. So good. Uh, I love the complexity of it all. You know,
0: we, at Living Hope, we've been journeying through a series called Seed and Soil, uh, just through Mark chapter 4 and Jesus' parable of the sower and the seed. And one of the things I love about it, um, we're spending six weeks on this passage, and it really speaks to the reality of these genres, uh, Paul, because it, w- the parable in the Greek word is parabola. It's actually a mathematical term of two parallel lines that kind of uh, run parallel Parallel to one another and multiple meanings. So, these parables of the seed and the soil can speak to different people in different circumstances, in different places, in uniquely different ways, simultaneously. So, it can speak to your life and mine, even though we're worlds apart or different with our experience, but speak to us in our own unique place. And I think that's why genres and the and the way that God put together these stories of people and their experiences and the way they lived life is so important because the great mystery of Scripture then is through the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit we can understand in different levels and we can be encountered in different ways and our own experiences from these these texts that were written thousands of years ago can meet us and be right in our laps and speak to our individual lives and. I think uh, the reason it's so important to learn how to read the Bible is so that we can discern more effectively how complex and beautiful and mysterious the scriptures are in their unique way of meeting me
1: right where I am and meeting you right where you are in your own individual life. I think that's powerful. and I agree, man. I agree. Uh, The rabbis used to think of scripture kind of like a jewel. Uh, Right. Like a gemstone. And every time you turn the gemstone, you get a different uh, vision or a different viewpoint of the actual gem, the way the light hits it. And I think oftentimes scriptures are that way. Uh, The Holy Spirit brings certain things to light, and we're able to focus in on those particular issues. Uh, I don't think our brains can handle it all at once. And so I think the Holy Spirit just kind of gives us little pieces as we study. Uh, And so as you study the parable of the soils, and the seed, you you learn one thing, and then as you go back in your reading another year, you go back and it— kind of another component of it is unveiled to us. It's it's a beautiful thing. It's complex, but it's also beautiful.
0: And we can't wait to navigate with you all. Oh, there you go. As we journey through the genres of scripture, and uh, hopefully uh, our end goal is that you as long-time listeners and first-time listeners and mid-time listeners will find your way to, feel, to feeling more equipped, that when you open the Bible and you got head-scratching moments and confusing moments, that you would, you would come and listen to another episode of The Bible Says What, but you would also be equipped by the end of this to maybe navigate the scriptures a little bit more effectively. And that you would have more clarity than you have had before because of something that you've learned. And that's our hope as pastors, um, for you all as listeners to The Bible Says What, is that you would feel equipped. Uh, to read the Bible a little bit more clearly in your own time with the Lord. And so we're, we're honored that you would take the time here today to, to listen to this little splashdown intro. And we can't wait uh, to dive into these episodes. You can join us uh, in, in about another week and a half here, two weeks. We'll be dropping the next episode, the first episode, really, of unpacking uh, the first genre. And I'm going to leave it to uh, you, Pastor Paul. Which one are we going to dive into first on our next episode of The Bible Says What?
1: Well, we, um, man, I, I really just want to jump right into apocalyptic literature, but I don't think I that's fair to anybody. <laughs> I think the best thing to do is to start with narrative, since yeah. the majority of scripture is narrative and story, I think it would be helpful for a lot of people to find out uh, how to navigate the, the stories. Are they factual? Are they mythical? Um, and I think it's important that we kind of dig into some of those big questions there on the on that big genre called narrative
0: so next time you heard it here uh first we will discuss narrative uh genre of the scriptures on the bible says what Uh, we can't wait it's been a wonderful time of conversation here we've had a not too much scratch in our heads and wonderings and hmms this time since we did an intro but we we are just excited to Uh, re-engage with all of you uh, in The Bible Says What and can't wait. We'd love, again, for your questions. You can email us and find us on the show notes. Um, We'd love to hear from you about questions you have about the Bible. Um, We'd also love for you to subscribe, click, share, and be a part of the growing Bible Says What community. But uh, that's all for today for our intro episode. I'm Pastor John.
1: And I'm Pastor Paul. Hey, grace and peace, everyone. Take care. We'll
0: see you next time. The Bible Says What? The The Bible Says What? What does the Bible say? What? Say what? I say what? What does the Bible say? The Bible says... What?